Hey guys, welcome to episode number two of the Ego Maniac Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ego. Now, because the Oscars are this weekend, this episode's going to be my all-time Oscar snubs. But before we get into that, this episode's movie recommendation is 2017's Wonder. Came out November last year, directed by Stephen Chbosky, who uh, who directed Perks of Being a Wallflower. And he also wrote the book. Um, he has a cr- writing credit on the screenplay for Beauty and the Beast that came out last year, which was awesome. Uh, and, and I just dig this guy. I think he's he, he's a real, real talented director. I really like what he's doing. Um, listening to interviews and stuff with him, I get kind of a Cameron Crowe vibe from him which I like. Really family, film-oriented guy. Not that all Cameron Crowe's uh, movies are family-oriented, but this guy seems to be going down that route, and I really, really like it. I mean, his upcoming projects on, uh, according to IMDb at least, is uh, he's directing and writing a Prince Charming live-action movie. Now, normally, I wouldn't be all that excited for a Prince Charming movie. Wouldn't really care. But the fact that this guy's directing it, I'm in. I'm 100% in because, I, like I said, I really like what this guy's doing. This is the story of a 10-year-old kid with facial deformities named Augie. And he's been homeschooled uh, his whole life, and now he's finally entering the fifth grade. His parents have decided to push him into school. And it, this movie's told from every point of view, which I like. There's so many things I like about this movie, and that that's one of the main things I like about it is that it's told from multiple points of view. The sisters, the sister's friend, the parents the kid and you know you might you might be surprised at which storylines affect you it's very interesting i mean not a lot of movies can do that the last one i can think of was inside out disney pixar's inside out I, I always felt like everyone who watched that movie took away something different from it and i think this is no different this movie it doesn't abuse you emotionally you know i mean when you think of a movie a story of a 10 year old kid with facial deformities you're going to you're going to think it's going to go down certain roads, and it doesn't. This is not a predictable movie. Like, when I when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I know what's coming, and I don't like it. But it, I was wrong, 100% wrong. Um, this movie is such a feel-good movie. Unbelievable. It'll make you... It, this is one of those movies that makes me remember. Sometimes I need reminding how much I truly love movies. And this is one that reminds me 100%. It probably sneaked, snuck its way into my top 25 favorite movies of all time. Uh, easily, actually. It's it, it's so good. Julie Roberts is the best I've ever seen. She plays Augie's mom. Owen Wilson is just, uh, wow, unbelievable. So good. Um, Isabella Vidovich, I think I'm saying that right. He plays the old, She plays the older sister, Via. Outstanding performance. So good. Uh, Jacob Tremblay, a good Canadian kid, uh, unbelievable performance. You can be, I mean, I watched the special features of this and all the actors on set said like, you know, when this kid got out of the makeup chair in the morning, he became Augie. He wasn't Jacob Tremblay anymore. And that's pretty impressive for these, uh, prestigious actors to say that about such a young kid. I think he was nine years old when this movie was filmed. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that it sounds pretty impressive to me. David Diggs. I didn't know who he was, to be honest. Uh, doing some research, he, he was in Hamilton. He was in that super, super popular Broadway play, Hamilton. I think it's still running. I don't know. Um, but he was great as the teacher, Mr. Brown. Now, one of the standouts in this movie to me was Mandy Patinkin. I know him from Criminal Minds, and I, I don't even like that show. But uh, that's what I know him from. I don't. Re- I haven't really seen him in much else. 
But I'm going to have to go through his catalog and check some more stuff out because he is amazing as the principal in this movie. So grounded. Unbelievable for performance. I mean, the guy knocked it out of the park. And, and you know what? All the kids are pretty good, too. And that's not an insult. I mean, they're good. They're just kid actors. This is a lot of their first movie, probably. And, you know, it, it brings me to the bully kid. Now, the kid did a great job. I'll say that. But is there anything worse than a 10-year-old with good hair? You know? Like, is there anything Is there anything worse than that? I, I hated the kid right off the bat because of that. He's 10 years old. He's got good hair. Yeah, I, I just can't stand that. But, you know, the, I mean, maybe that was part of the character. Maybe that was part of the bully asshole aspect of it. And it worked 100%. I mean, you hate this kid. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. You can't stand him. Um, but even he has a character arc, which is... Uh, really interesting that movie does this it it makes you understand almost even the bully's point of view you know really interesting the only flaw i have with it is at times it feels a little sugar-coated now that's not an insult it's a family movie gotta have the cheese and, and this movie's not cheesy it's just a little um you know it, that's the best way i can put it is it's sugar-coated it's feel good you know it's a feel-good movie and there's nothing wrong with that that's just I wouldn't even consider it a flaw, but I, I guess it is technically, maybe. I mean, it, it's not really a flaw I had with the movie, personally, but it could be considered a flaw. I mean, I, I read some reviews of, of this movie, and I'm just going to get into a little critic talk before I finish my review of this movie. There was a review that I read online, and it's totally, it's totally fine. I'm cool with the review, but the guy said it has all the depth of a fridge magnet. Now, that's fine. That's totally justified. If he thinks it lacks depth, that's fine. But personally, I think that review lacked personality. It sounds like every other, you know, critic out there that tries to tear apart a film that didn't affect them emotionally and, you know, tries to make the audience feel stupid for liking it. But that's totally fine. I mean, most critics serve their purpose well. I, it's only a small percentage of them that I think do that. Uh, and I, I think those critics just write for each other. They're their own little group. Um and you know which is fine you, but here's my point do not let a review stop you from seeing a movie i'm sure someone read that review and, and didn't go see the movie because of it don't do that if you want to see a movie see it whether i say it sucked whether every reviewer on the face of the earth said it was shit go see it if you want to because you there's a good chance you'll end up liking it you might hate it but you gave it a chance do not let a review stop you from seeing a movie that's just my take on it guys my opinion, I think so many people have probably missed out on some of their favorite movies because they didn't go see it because of a silly review. So, like I said, movies are subjective. Totally fine that this guy didn't like the movie, but don't let one review make you not see one that you wanted to see. That's just, uh, so yeah, great performances, great story, fantastic cinematography, uh, you know, and that's a rare thing. You don't, a lot of movies, you watch them and they're great, but you don't really notice the cinematography a lot. And this movie's one of them that you do. It's a big scope. Uh, unbelievable. You know, just the footage they got in this movie is crazy good. Um, a lot of good shots. It reminded me almost of the last year's The Edge of Seventeen. The cinematography, cinematography reminded me a lot of that film. Uh, it's not the same cinematographer I checked. It's not. I thought it was, but I, I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah, great everything. Watch this movie. You have to see this movie. I, 
that's my recommendation for this week, guys. So let's get in to my all-time Oscar snubs. Now, this isn't a huge list. It's not 10. I just kind of came up with whatever I could, and that's how my lists are typically going to work, I think. It's not necessarily going to be 10 or 5 or whatever. I don't really care for the numbers 5 and 10. I don't know why. It's just something about them. But I'm just going to come up with the amount that I think is appropriate for said topic, and that that's the list I'm going to make. So in this case, I have six. Um, now, before we get into the honorable mentions, I, I just want to talk a little bit about the Oscars and how I feel about them. Um, I think I, I think a lot of people in Hollywood, the directors, filmmakers, uh, actors and actresses and shit like that, it's important to them. So I respect them, I respect them uh, in those aspects, but I have a little problem with the Oscars and I'll tell you what it is. Now, maybe I'm wrong. The last time I watched the Oscars front to back was probably two years ago. It's probably about two years ago. And I noticed a pattern. And you again, you guys tell me if I'm wrong on this because I haven't watched them for a good two years now because this year really pissed me off when I watched them. I noticed a pattern. Every time that whoever won would go up and accept the award. Now, not everyone did this. Some people, you know, there was a couple exceptions, but not many. The majority... Uh, didn't do what I'm about to say. And that is thank the audience. You know, there's, they thank their spouses, they thank God. They, they're quick to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press, whatever the fuck that is. I don't even think they know what that is. But they don't thank the audience. And by that, I don't mean the people in the crowd. They usually thank some of those people. I mean the people at home watching their stupid show. And I mean the people like you and me who pay tons of money to go see their movies in theaters. You know, the only reason there is a movie industry, the only reason these people get paid to do what they do, and paid lots, by the way, you know, I, I just think that's wrong to me, personally. I, I Maybe I'm taking it a little personal. I mean, I guess it is all about them that night. Let's not forget that. It is all about them. Um, which is fine, I guess. But, you know, when when the NFL team wins the Super Bowl, they thank the fans. When an MLB team wins the World Series, they thank the fans. You know, that's that's the analogy I would use, and I think that's appropriate. I think I think these people, some people in Hollywood are not in touch with the audience at all. The regular Joes who pay and see their movie, who pay their salary. And, uh, you know, that disappoints me a little bit. But, like I said, I still respect the Oscars, and these filmmakers seem to think it's a really big deal, so... I'm going to do my Oscar snubs. I don't want to talk about the ones they got right because that just, I wouldn't feel right about that. So I'm going to do the ones they got wrong. I got quite a few honorable mentions and then we'll get into my list, which I, which as I said before is six. I got six honorable mentions. Now the reason, or, or six on my list rather, my main list, my honorable mentions didn't make the actual list because most of them, I think, um, should only have been nominated for one one thing or two things, you know. I, I think the ones I listed on my on my main list should have like swept the board. I think they should have been nominated for almost everything. That's just my opinion. Um, so yeah, guys, let's get into it. Let's get into my honorable mentions. The first one is Jurassic Park for best original soundtrack. Now I'm biased. If you guys listened to the last episode, and I really appreciate it if you did, uh, Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time by far. Nothing even comes close. And this is a great score. This is a this is one of the best scores of all time, in my opinion. Now, the catch of it is, is John Williams won this year anyway. 
John Williams conducted the score for Jurassic Park, or composed it, rather. He won this year anyway. He won it for Schindler's List the same year. But the fact that Jurassic Park wasn't nominated, I think, is kind of a joke. I mean, that is one of the most... It's probably the most recognizable score behind Star Wars, I think. I mean, Jaws, I guess. But behind Star Wars, it's got to be Jurassic Park. Everybody knows that score. And that, that to me, should have been nominated. So that's my first honorable mention. My second honorable mention is in this list because the movie got a lot of Oscar buzz. And that movie is Jaws. And my honorable mention of an Oscar snub is Robert Shaw as Quint in Jaws. Yeah, I'll catch a bird for you, but it ain't going to be easy. It's a bad fish. I mean, that's known as one of the best performances of all time. I don't... I don't understand why it didn't get nominated and that's going to be a pattern throughout this episode you know i i'm not right i'm not wrong there's no particular reason why these things didn't get nominated i mean if there is let me know but you know this is just my opinion these are these are the things i feel should have deserved they deserved a little more credit during award season and robert shaw is totally falls under that i mean that's that's a crazy performance as quinn i mean richard dreyfus told a story that when they were in the in the boat, the orca, uh, at night when they were waiting for the shark, you know, looking for the shark or whatever, there was that scene when Quint's talking about the USS Indianapolis when it went down and he was on it. And Richard Dreyfus said, Steven told him, Steven Spielberg told him, you know, be really immersed when he's telling that story. And Richard Dreyfus said, I need, I didn't need any direction for that scene because when he started talking, when he started telling that story. I was mind blown. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off him. This is from Richard Dreyfus, who's a pretty prolific actor in his own right. And for a legendary guy like that to tell a story like that about another actor, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. It's awesome. I mean, what a good performance, Robert Shaw's Quinn. I, I think that's a big oversight by the Academy or whatever, whoever makes the decision to not not get nominated. I really think he deserved it. So that's my one of my honorable mentions too, Robert Shawford Josh. My next honorable mention is the movie Sling Blade. Now, if you haven't seen Sling Blade, written and directed by Billy Bob Thornton and starring Billy Bob Thornton, go watch it immediately. This movie's a crazy little contained feel-good story. You know? And Billy Bob Thornton was nominated for his performance in it, and he should have been. He probably should have won. I reckon. Uh, so good. Such a good movie. I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. And I think, arguably, Lucas Black should have been nominated. Now, at the time, Lucas Black was a little kid. For those of you who don't know who Lucas Black is, he was in uh, he was in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Now, I don't like those movies. I'm sure we'll discuss that in another episode, so stay tuned. But he was also Pee Wee Reese. In 42, the shortstop for the Dodgers. Really good in that, too. But he was really good in this. Really good in this. Now, I feel like the Oscars have skipped out on some kid performances at times. And we'll get to that later in my list. And this one's no different. I think Lucas Black definitely deserved it for this. So check out Sling Blade if you haven't. Not enough people have seen that movie. It's crazy good. Dwight Yoakam's really good in it, too. The country singer Dwight Yoakam. Awesome. So yeah, check out that if you haven't seen it. My next honorable mention is Prisoners. Nominated for Best Cinematography, which it deserved. And this is one of those 
this is one of the few movies on my list actually. Not only do I think it deserved to be nominated, but I'm surprised it didn't. I'm surprised it wasn't nominated because it seems like an Oscar type movie to me. Like a lot, you know, it's nothing against the Oscars, but I'll, in reality, a lot of feel good movies don't get nominated. That's just the way it works. For whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe those don't strike the people who are doing the votes, you know, emotionally. I don't know. Maybe they're too kitschy or, you know, cliche for those people. Whatever the case may be, feel-good movies don't get nominated a lot. And this isn't necessarily a feel-good movie. This is a pretty intense movie. It deals with some pretty dark shit. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have seen Prisoners, and you know how good it is. I'm glad it was nominated for Best Cinematography because it, it deserved it. But Jake Gyllenhaal should have been nominated, I think. Hugh Jackman definitely should have been nominated. And I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. So, you know, uh, not much more to say about it, but I, I, I think that one deserved a lot more credit at the Academy Awards. So that's my other honorable mention, Prisoners. Now, my next one is my uh, movie recommendation this week, and that's Wonder. I thought Julia Roberts deserved a nod for that. More so than Owen Wilson. I liked Owen Wilson's performance, but I think Julia Roberts deserved it a little bit more than him. Uh, she was amazing in this movie. Unbelievable. Just, you know, like I said, guys, check out Wonder if you haven't seen it. And if you're a Blu-ray collector like myself, you need to own this one. Great, great movie. Um, my last honorable mention, and I'm not going to get into it much because I'm saving this one for a later podcast because I know it's going to show up at some point or another. Um, it's a movie that's criminally underseen. It was nominated for a Golden Globe in, I think, 98, maybe. I, I could be wrong on that, but it's still crazy. It's a movie about a British rock band. I'm not going to get into it any more than that because, like I said, we'll be talking about it at a later date. So, yeah, still crazy. And that's my honorable mentions, guys. Now let's get in to the juice, the cheese, the list. Number six, coming out in 2013, I got The Way, Way Back, directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. Uh, if you look these guys up, you probably recognize them. They're mainly actors. But they're really talented writers and directors, too. They're both in the movie, and they haven't directed a feature film since this movie, and I can't wait for the next one. I hope it comes soon, because this this is easily one of my favorite movies of all time. Definitely make the top 25 list, and I might do that as a show one day. I, I don't know, though. That's going to be a tough list to make. But yeah, this is a great movie. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It wasn't nominated for anything. And uh, I truly believe that Sam Rockwell deserved a nod for his performance. I think Tony Collette deserved a nod for her performance. Uh, even maybe Steve Carell. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, you're probably used to Steve Carell being the funny man. And no doubt in my mind, he is. I love Steve Carell. But he plays an asshole in this movie. He plays a, a prick stepfather. And we all know one of those, you know. Uh, we can all relate to knowing a asshole stepfather, you know, in one capacity or another. Um, but yeah, he, he's really good in it, but a real prick. Um, but yeah, Sam Rockwell and Tony Collette definitely should have been nominated. I think it's unfair that they weren't. It definitely should have got some best picture buzz, I think. Um, but you know, maybe it did. I don't know. I, I live in Southern Ontario, Canada. I, I'm, you know, pretty far from the Hollywood scene. Um, so maybe it got some buzz. I don't know. But it wasn't nominated for a single thing. And I think it should have been. So that's my number six. The Way, Way Back. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Now, number five. It's a little bit older. 1986. 
directed by Rob Reiner, and that is Stand By Me. Rob Reiner also directed This Is Spinal Tap. That's probably my other favorite by him. You gotta, you gotta see This Is Spinal Tap. I mean, that movie is insanely good. This is based on a Stephen King novel, and it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. It didn't win, which, you know, whatever, I guess, but this movie is incredible. It's the coming-of-age movie. You know, like, if, if, when you think of coming-of-age, you think Stand By Me because it's so real, visceral. I mean, this, everyone can relate to this movie. And, and this, is, this is another one that I am surprised didn't get nominated for anything other than Best Adapted Screenplay. And, you know, coming back to the kid performances, I think one of these guys deserved a nod. And if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick River Phoenix as Chris Chambers. Outstanding. That scene with him and Gordy at the, at the fire, you know, about the milk bunny. If you guys haven't seen Stand By Me, I mean, go see it right now and get some context here because that scene, I, I've always said that scene is one of the few scenes in movie history that if you're at a party with 30 people, they're going to stop. They're going to stop, they're going to shut up, and they're going to watch that scene because it's, you know, it's like it's like in Close Encounters of the Third Kind when they see the aliens for the first time. They just, they're, they're speechless. They can't talk. That's like seeing this scene. Crazy good. Um... You know, these kids have just unbelievable performances. Every one of them, even Jerry O'Connell as Vern. You know, Vern's a bit of a goofball character, but there's a lot more going on with Vern, I think, and I think it comes across in the performance. Corey Feldman as Teddy DeChamp. You know, that. say what you want about Corey Feldman now, but the guy did some brilliant work when he was young. The Goonies and, and especially this. He was a talented kid, you know, incredibly talented. And I, I think Rob Reiner should have been nominated for uh, Best Director. For sure. To get these performances out of these kids. Why not? Why not get nominated? I, I don't, again, uh, the theme running through this list is why not? I don't know why these weren't nominated. You know, I, I'm not wrong. I'm not right. I just, I don't know. Um, there's a story about this. Is it backing up the uh, why didn't Rob Reiner get nominated for Best Director um, point. And that's, uh, I guess, the scene when they're running from the train, when Gordy and Vern, I'm pretty sure it's Gordy and Vern running from the train. I guess they weren't really showing the fear enough. So Rob Reiner took them to the side and just just tore the shit out of them. You're ruining my fucking movie. You're fucking destroying my movie. I mean, these are little kids, right? So they started bawling their eyes out, and that's apparently how he got that scene. Which, I mean, it's, you know, I guess there's an argument to be made that it might be slightly abusive, but, it, I mean, it worked. It definitely worked. He got he got the performance out of the kids, and, again, I don't know why it wasn't nominated. I really think it deserved to almost sweep the board at the Oscars, but, you know, that's just me. That's my number five, guys. Stand by me. Number four, back to 2013 again, and that is Saving Mr. Banks, directed by John Lee Hancock, who did The Blind Side. Great movie. Uh, he did The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, another good movie. Uh, most recently, he did The Founder, starring Michael Keaton. Now, if you guys haven't seen that, check it out. It's kind of slow at the beginning, but it is a good movie. Uh, it's the story of Ray Kroc and how he founded, in quotations, uh, McDonald's. I won't give much away, but uh, Michael Keaton's really good in it. Uh, like I said, it's a bit slow in the beginning, so give it a chance. 
but it is definitely a very interesting biopic and a story I had no idea existed. I, I didn't know how that came about, and it's pretty wild. Um, this movie was nominated for Best Original Score. Didn't win. I think it should have. It was really good. Um, the movie's the story of Walt Disney trying to acquire the rights to the Mary Poppins book so he can make a live-action movie about it. Now, I, I guess, as the story goes... At this point that the movie takes place, um, Walt had been trying to get the movie rights for 20 years. He promised his daughter when she was a little kid, because she loved the book, I guess, and he promised his daughter when she was a little kid that he'd get these rights to make the movie, and he, he just could not, because P.L. Travers, the author of Mary Poppins, was such a pain in the ass. And Emma Thompson plays P.L. Travers, and she absolutely should have been nominated. It's probably the most drastic character arc I've ever seen in a movie. Colin Farrell maybe should have got a nod for this. I think Tom Hanks did. I could be wrong. I might have to fact check that later. Sorry, guys. I think he did uh, for his portrayal of Walt Disney, which was really good. Uh, Ruth Wilson, I believe that's her name. She was really good in it. And the, and the girl who plays uh, young P.L. Travers was really good in it, too. Now, this one of the standouts in this movie, I don't think he had a big enough role uh, to be nominated. But Paul Giamatti as Ralph, the limo driver. Unreal. So good. It's not surprising. Paul Giamatti's crazy, but he's so good. But, yeah, not a big enough performance to be nominated, but, you know, he, he's worth the price of admission alone. But like I said, Emma Thompson absolutely should have been nominated. This is a feel-good movie again, and we're noticing that pattern now that, in my opinion, just from what I've seen, feel-good movies as a rule don't get nominated for Best Picture, which is a shame because I think this one probably deserved it. It's really good. So that's my number four, guys, Saving Mr. Banks. And if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. It, it, it's such a good movie. Now, number three pertains to this year's Oscars. Came out last year, and that's Logan. Directed by James Mangold. Uh, it, it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay from the Old Man Logan comics. Um, you know, it was changed significantly, but I think it had to be. The Old Man Logan comics, I mean, it would be interesting to see it frame for frame. You know, like a, a total remake of the of the trade paperback, but you know, it would have been a significantly different movie, and it would have been a much stranger movie with you know, inbred Hulk children and stuff like that. But really, really good movie, really good movie. Uh, I hope it wins best adapted screenplay because it deserves to win something. Everyone's talking Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart should have been nominated, and I don't disagree with that. Patrick Stewart was really good in this movie. But let's talk about Hugh Jackman for a second. The man, the myth, the legend, Hugh Jackman. He was outstanding in this movie. Outstanding. He 100% deserves to be in the mix this year. I mean, there wasn't even really that much buzz. I don't get it. Tell me, guys. What, like, Am I crazy? Hugh Jackman should have absolutely been dominated for this movie. It's unfair that he isn't. I understand. You don't want to nominate a... A comic book movie for best picture fine whatever i mean who cares but you got to give credit where credit is due and hugh jackman definitely deserved a nod for this even daphne keen the portrayal of that of x23 what she what she put on screen without even uh, hardly any dialogue unreal this, this this is a crazy good movie and I, I think these guys deserve so much more credit than they're receiving um so, yeah, guys, that's my number three, Logan. I mean, there's not much else you can say about it. I just really think it deserves a little more credit than it's getting. That's all. So that's my number three. Number two 
from 2007, directed by Mike Binder, Rain Over Me. Now, this is a story of a guy who's lost everything, and that's all I'll say. Because if you haven't seen this movie, it's a, it's an experience. It's an emotional experience to see this movie. That's the only way I can put it. It's an emotional thrill ride. Not really a thrill ride, but it's certainly emotional. Um, and the person who should be nominated for this movie, first and foremost, is Adam Sandler. That's right, Adam Sandler. Yes. Sorry, Daddy. Um, 100% should have been nominated for this. This was... And, and I think, personally, he should have won. Some of these, some of these uh, movies and stuff on my list... I think they should have been nominated. I don't necessarily think they should have won. This particular instance, he should have won. Definitely. He was so good. There's one scene alone he deserved an Oscar for. And if you guys have seen the movie, you know the scene I'm talking about. Crazy. Crazy good. Uh, Don Cheadle's in it. He's really good in it. Liv Tyler's in it. She's really good in it. Um, But Adam Sandler is absolutely the standout. It's his movie. And the thing about it is you're not watching Adam Sandler. You are watching Charlie Feynman, the character. Now, I don't know what it is about the Oscars with comedic actors. They have been nominated before, but it almost seems like they're not taken seriously, and that really bothers me, and we'll get into that in my number one, but it really bothers me that Sandler wasn't nominated for this because, I, like, again, it's the theme of this list. Why? Why not? Uh, and I'll never know. Um, but th- this one is upsetting because he, he definitely uh, he definitely deserves some type of credit for this. He was nominated for a Teen Choice Award. He lost to Will Smith for his role in The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, Now, I don't think Will Smith won the Oscar. He might have, but I know he was nominated for that performance. Uh, But yeah, a real shame Adam Sandler wasn't, uh, didn't get as much credit as he deserved on this because I definitely think he should have been hoisting the little gold dude over his head for that one. So that's my number two, guys, Rain Over Me. Probably should have been nominated for Best Picture too. Really good, big time Oscar snub. Now, my number one, and this is going to be a pattern through all my lists, guys. Everything except number one could be switched around. Everything. But my number ones, as a rule, cannot be changed. They are my number ones for a reason. Um, now, my number one is 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, directed by John Hughes, the legend John Hughes. Um, now, again... Kind of a feel-good movie, so I guess I understand why it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I don't really understand, but, you know, whatever. I'll forget about that. But John Candy's role as Del Griffith is the biggest Oscar snub of all time, in my opinion. I don't know what more he could have done. I don't know how much more emotional this this role could have gotten. No one else could have played this character. If you put any other person in this movie, it's a totally different movie and not half as good a movie. It would have still been okay because I trust John Hughes, but this is such an Oscar snub, guys. John Candy 100% deserves something for this movie. I mean, and, and it's so sad to think about that John Hughes and John Candy are both gone now. It's horrible. Um, you know, it, it it's just a real shame because I think they deserved so much more credit for this movie than they received. This is such a good movie. I mean, again, some people, maybe I was early to this movie maybe people watching it now for the first time they think it's age they think you know it's kind of goofy but to me I I saw this movie when I was a kid and I've watched it my entire life many times a year multiple times a year and it gets better every time I see it and the performance gets better every time I see it I notice little intricacies uh that John Candy brought to the screen and it's just like it's unbelievable you know 
the first scene where you really get to know Dell. You know, I like I like me. My wife likes me. Goosebumps. Then the scene near the end of the movie in the train station. You know, after Steve Martin puts it all together as to why Dell Griffith has been with him this whole time. Um, you know, Steve Martin's selfish Neil Page, and uh, y- you know, John Candy's uh, selfless, very selfless, lovable slop. Unbelievable performance, and I think it's so unfair that he didn't get nominated. This movie even should have been nominated for Best Original Score. Great score. Great 80s score. Um, You know, I I can't say enough good about this movie, and if you guys haven't seen this, I mean, this is an all-time classic. You have to see it. It's John Hughes' best film, in my opinion. Not Breakfast Club, not 16 Candles. It's this one, by far, for me. Now I know I'm in the minority on that, and that's okay, but... 100% 100% this is John Hughes's best. Um, it, it deserved way more credit than it got, and that's my final uh, my final Oscar snub on the list, guys. Now, again, if you can you can take what what you want from this list, you can look at it as an Oscar snub list, or you can look at it as just a list that uh, movies I think were overlooked during award season, not just the Oscars, but movies maybe I didn't think got enough credit in the year they came out, and that's the way I looked at it. I did look at it at in regards to Oscar snubbery, but I also looked at it as just movies I don't think get enough credit, got enough credit when they came out, or still don't get enough credit. So that's my list, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, I plan on having a lot more stuff out. Um, Sooner than this one got out, I'd like to do between two and three episodes a week. Uh, That's what I've kind of come to the conclusion of. Um, Maybe one on a slow week, but definitely at least one a week. So stay tuned, guys. I, I plan on doing a John Candy uh, dedicated podcast entirely of John Candy stuff, uh, maybe even a John Hughes and, and several other actors and stuff. Um, you know, got a lot of ideas for the podcast. Like I said in the first episode, I plan on getting some guests in. My buddies, they love movies just like me and you, and they're a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, guys, stay tuned. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Subscribe, like, do whatever you have to. Take care, and remember... You can get a great look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then, no, it's got to be your bowl.